Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome to everybody that's here, anybody that's joined us online. Uh, I will be delivering a one-hit We'll see how this works. Um, Usually I have too much to say and I've already taken too long to greet you. No, I'm just joking. Um, But greetings anyway. Um, I'm going to look at one scripture right now. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 10.13 before we pray. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. Ooh, that's good right there, isn't it? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? He's the best spotter in the gym. You know what I mean? He had never, ever, ever required too much out of you. He's right there for you. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. I once heard a story about a guy that was working out in the gym with a spotter, and, and they're yelling at each other. They call each other Paco is what they said. And so I don't know why, but they both did it to each other. Come on, Paco! And then the other one's like, let's go, Paco! One more, Paco! You know, and they're doing this type of stuff. And, and so they're spotting each other, and they're during, doing burnout reps on bench. And so they're down there, and these are big, like, linemen-looking huge guys that look like the NFL, and they're sitting there, and he only has the bar, no weight. And so they're like, come on, Paco, Paco, you got to do this, you can do this. And they're, and, he, and he's like, man, the first, like, 15 were there, and things start burning, things start hurting, and then he gets to, like, 20, 25, and it's like, oh! And he thinks he's going to die. And then he's hitting to like 30. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that this is probably getting to be more than he could endure. And he looks up, and Paco number two is over the top saying, you can do this, you can do this. And he has let go of the bar. And he realized how good his spotter was. <laughs> you can do it. He's just picking it up. And so, I mean, it is really good. God is a best spotter. You will never be tested beyond what you can endure. He is faithful. He's never quit. He never took a rain day. He never had a day off. Your God, my God, is faithful. Glory to God. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, that you have changed not, that you've been faithful from the beginning to the end. We thank you, Father, for your divine revelation. We thank you for your word that's been released to us. We thank you for your spirit that speaks to us. Father, we thank you right now that your word and your spirit will go forth into our minds and it will start to renew us, that we will walk out of here changed. We will not be the same. Father, we thank you for your grace deposits that you are empowering us to live a more successful, a better life, a prominent life, an abundant life. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that it comes forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. And so, I I guess I better read this. (coughs) I never looked at what, oh, thank God they didn't try to put a picture on this one. I, I, I called the title of this Punched Out. And I was like, man, I didn't know if somebody was thinking of a box or something like that. But th- I wasn't thinking about punched out when I was given a title. I was thinking about like uh, 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 
check card, you know, like somebody like me likes to get coffee. Um, and so I really like it when all 10 or 12 are full and it's been punched out, you know, and it's like a freebie at the end. It's like, I got this. I'll take one more. Thank you very much. Anybody else like those type of things? I mean, if we were handing out free punched out cards right now, who would be signing up? Okay, there we go. That's what I thought. I knew that somebody would like something free. Glory to God. So today, though, and, and so that was my primary title, my secondary title, I mean, I, mean, I guess I'm starting to follow after our pastor, he, he always likes that, um, was relational finishing with Christ. And so, see, that one didn't have quite the power in that, punched out, anyway, anyway. So today, I will endeavor to apply a punch list ideology to our relationships. So, Many of us are parents and many of us are leaders and we'll have to hold ourselves to a standard, right? I mean, anybody wanna be the worst or do you wanna strive for excellence? You know, and so, but as children and followers, so I know that many of us are parents, but have all of us been children then? (laughs) Okay, so this qualifies in both realms. So as children, has any of us been followers? Yes, so whether you're a parent or a leader, a child, or a follower, we have to understand that there was a standard that was set that must be enforced for our success. And so to begin, we'll look at four stages of relational growth, and then we'll create a punch list to ensure success in our lives. And so, as we had read in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able and with the temptation, we'll, provi- we'll provide the way of escape also so that you'll be able to endure it. We will punch out the errors of omission and commission and step into the abundant life Christ has for us. An abundant family life, an abundant work life, an abundant ministry life. Wherever our life is, That's where we want the abundance of Christ. We'll see the life of Christ reflected in it. And so we're going to punch out. That's what we want to do. Let's just get punched out. You know, the end of your shift, right? You're done with your shift. What did they do? They used to take their punch card and go up and punch out. How are you supposed to cross that finish line when you walk into heaven? You're like, oh, incomplete, didn't finish, don't, ooh, no, no, come on. Punch that card, you know what I mean? Let's get that thing all the way to the end. And so in my occupation as a a construction contractor, it's very important for us that we have a component that's called a punch list. Anybody familiar with like punch lists and things like that? And so I actually looked up what the definition was and here's how the definition of a punch list is. It's a uh, document prepared during key milestones or near the end of a construction project. Simple, you know, it, I'm going to have to get glasses one of these days because I just realized I pushed that back just like that. Anyway, um, no comment. Is it? Both my parents wear glasses, and you know what? I haven't done it yet, except I am now. Um, okay, but so we got this punch list. It's a cons- at the near the end of a construction project listing work that does not conform to contract specifications that the general contractor must complete for final payment. Do you see why me as a contractor, this is important to me? Because you know why I do work? It's not for free, okay? I, I work for a living, and it takes money to live in this world. 
okay? And so, I mean, I, I ain't trying to practice anymore. I mean, doctors may practice, lawyers may practice, but this guy doesn't get a practice. When I practice on your home, you don't pay, okay? I'm just, you know, if they practiced on your car, you don't want to pay. If they practiced on... I don't know why we got to pay all the doctors and lawyers, but whatever. No, I'm just joking. Okay, so (laughs) the the work may include incomplete. This is the work that is listed on on our punch list. The work may include incomplete or incorrect installation or incidental damages to existing finishes. I mean, I've seen some beautiful doors and things come into houses, cabinets, things like that, that were perfect. And then after installation, and somebody like walks a ladder into the kitchen and they turn it and they take it right through a door or a, a you know, refrigerator. Who, you know, now the owner, the one that's going to buy it, do they have to take the scratch and dent house? No, they, they were going to buy in their contractual obligation a full and complete lacking nothing home. But, okay, anyway, we're, okay, sorry, sorry, I'm not going to get there yet. We're going to keep going. So they, they can find incidental damages to existing finishes, material, and structures. This list is usually made by the owner, the architect or designer, or a general contractor while they tour and visually inspect the project. This review dictates success or failure. It is an assessment that determines if the contractual agreement has been met. Wow. So, for me, every day is a contract. That's how I live. Every day, I am under contract. Every move I make, every decision I have, I don't get who... See, I'm going to be paid for something. So when did I get to insert my emotion? When did I get to insert my personal identity, my cultural upbringing, my, when do I get to put that in there and just say, well, it's good enough for my mom. Grandma was always happy about my paint jobs. You know what I mean? Why are you guys all laughing? Anybody ever do like the chicken coop or the fence out back? And your grandparents, somebody tells you, that's a great job. And you're like, yeah. I'm a professional. I even wore it on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> As I told somebody, I was in a paint store the other day. I was talking with them. And I actually told them, I said, you know what? Ironically, I, I, I said, I, I have to get, it was a, an oil-based product. So I needed some mineral spirits to clean up. And I said, as much as I don't want to buy this, I said, I actually believe that I may actually need this to clean up. And I said, and I know this also. I don't get paid for, not, for putting it in places it's not supposed to be. <laughs> so, so when I put paint on my clothes or on the floor or on the front door or in the carpet, or if I do, I don't get paid for that paint. Uh, it actually costs me. Um, but you know what? Many of us are going through our relational lives doing that, making a horrible mess, and then we wonder why we're not getting the paycheck at the end. So anyway, we're going to get there. One hitter, so don't worry about it. I'm not coming back. The beatings will not continue until morale improves in this case. 
So uh, <clears throat> I want to remind you of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 15 actually says this. It's about an unashamed workman. Whoa. <clears throat> so listen carefully. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize a couple words as I read through this here. Remind. But you already told me that. I already know that. I... Remind. Oh, okay. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, but I know. Is that a word? I know. I know. I know. I know leads to I puff up. I know leads to pride. I know leads to... I know will find me someplace I don't want to be. So, you know what? We usually should be thankful. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you told me not to go that route. Lord, thank you, you told me not to marry that person. Lord, thank you, you told me you didn't make to that investment. Lord, thank you for not getting me into that career path. Lord, thank you for where I'm... I know, Lord, where I'm supposed to be. I know my gifts. I know what... Okay. Solemnly charge him in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearer. If God's talking, I think we should be listening, not arguing. If he spoke and he's love, and love always looks to your future, always looks out for your best, always is, he always perseveres, always endures, he's, he's diligent, he's faithful, he's these things, and he's going to take the time to speak. And we have the audacity and arrogance to interrupt him and say, I know. Which, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself. In these punchless things, you know, if you just do it at the end of the project, the punch list is pages and pages and pages. If you will take the time every time you tighten a nut or every time you make a paint stroke or every time you put, apply, you know, some, if you'll take the time to make sure that that stroke was correct and accurate, when you get to the end, they don't have a laundry list of complaints against you. And we got a lot of people wearing dirty laundry in our relationship. We're not, I don't know if we're going to get to where we want to go here. The Lord keeps pulling on. He was pulling this morning too. And I'm like, Lord, I prepared a sermon. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, be diligent to present yourself approved. 
to God. So that means you're allowing someone else to create your approval. Not our own approval. So we, we presented ourselves and said, did you find fault in me? Did you find fault in what I did? Have you, where, is, is there anything within me that needs to be erased, O oh Lord? Cleanse my heart. Remove these things from me. And so, will we take the time to present ourselves? Our culture does not want to present itself. So we don't get to act like it. I, I, oh, I got to continue here. Approve to God, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Nobody wants to be ashamed. Who wants shame? <sighs> That's not what we want to be. I love this next, these next two words, we put them, I like to put them together. Accurately handling. See, what happens if you inaccurately handle, or that says rightly divide, accurately handling the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, if we're not accurate in this, I heard, old definition, that sin was missing the, would that be inaccurate handling the word of God? Yeah. So, a worker doesn't want to have sin all around them. We don't want these things. And, and so, to remind, these, I love these words, to remind, to be diligent, to be approved, to be accurate. This is to look over and assess the actions that align us with the contractual values of the word of God. When we remind, when we, when we are diligent, when we're approved, when we're accurate, we will handle this correctly. See, that's why it's a mirror. When I crack it open, and the next thing I know is I'm, whoa. Jesus. Jesus, what is that on my face? Yeah, you've been wearing it for years. You know? You, you remember when you got in trouble that one time with your aunt because of what you did outside? Yeah, you put on that mark. And you've been carrying that nasty thing. And every time you rub up against somebody, that like boil like leaks. And you're like spreading abscess to people, you know. And, and that's just from an emotional wound that you... Anybody else like that kind of analogy? <laughs> you should be a doctor. No, I just... <laughs> but so... Today, here's my, I read it once, but I'll look at it one more time. It's not going to sound the exact same. I'm going to endeavor to apply a punch list ideology to our relationships. So whether we're parents or leaders or children or followers, there's a set or a standard that was wrote, and we have to see if we're going to hold to it. Now, did any of us write this? Okay, so if you got a problem, take it up with the author. And when he speaks, check your heart. 
Simple, huh? This is easy. Church is easy. I mean, church is always elementary. I love it. Okay. I like, here's a a saying that Ed Cole stated in in his book. And so, at the end of 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says that uh, you will not be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he'll provide a way of escape also so that you'll be able to endure it. Now, that word of escape, when I'd looked it up, the Lord showed it to me a number of years ago, and he showed me that that word escape is actually not that word escape. It actually is the word exodus. And the word exodus takes you back to what? Exodus. And exodus, they did what? What's the big primary component of the exodus? Was the walking through the Red Sea. They walked through the desert. They walked. So the thing about an exodus, and this is, here's Ed Cole's statement. He said, we are not escaping from something, but to something. And so we in our uh, culture may have to scrub this escapism out of our mind because we're not trying to get away from anything. When we find ourselves in a trial and a tribulation, we find the way through. We find the answer. We find a firm foundation. We find a victory. We know our faith has overcome this thing. We know that we are more than conquerors through he who is resonating on the inside of us, Jesus Christ, the Messiah and his anointing. We know that it destroys the yokes. We know that it tears apart bondages. We know that when we're sitting in the middle of a battle that there is nothing before us but a conquering king. And that is how we stand in our fight. We don't escape it. It needs to flee from us. Because we came with the word of the one that said he knows the end from the beginning. And I stand on this side, but I'm talking to that side. And those things that I've released from this mouth are the prophetic words that sit in my future. And I'm not going to stand here on this shore, but I'm going to that shore. Storm may blow but I will sleep in the boat. So God always releases us. He always frees us. He always takes us from glory to glory. We will punch out these errors of omission and commission and step into the abundant life Christ has for us. (coughs) Okay, excuse me. This verse has never left me it's been around for a while. I haven't got to use it. I had it in a couple scripture or in, in, in the last sermons that that I did get to speak on uh, dispensations, uh, and so which was talking about timing and where you're at in your time and just understanding it to give you some uh, sense of uh, foundational truth, some, so you don't shake. Um, and this this verse is Ecclesiastes eleven six. I like to read it out of the uh, NLT. And, and this is what it says, and, and this is a, cause are you faith people? I mean, I mean, okay, so I mean, if you're saved, you got there by faith, okay? So I mean, no other way, there is, what, what other way to, the, to Christ is there? Unless you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that's it, that's it, that's how we got to get there. And so you're faith people, if you're saved, you're a faith person. And so, faith people, this, this is wonderful. Plant your seed in the morning. That means do something, right? 
But seed always tells me that there's a future. Right? Harvest is coming. There's something here. Are we wasting our time? Does God waste his time? No. Waste? Waste is of the enemy. I know one guy, he was talking about this. He actually believes that, um, and he had some scripture, but uh, that when because we, we're going to eat in heaven. You're going to eat of the fruit. You're going to eat of the leaves. You're going to eat of healing. You're going to eat of these things. And, and so waste is probably more of a display. He thinks that it will probably pass through your, through your uh, skin and dissipate, that you're so perfect that whatever goes in will be consumed and used to the whole. Anyway, just thoughts. Let your mind go think about, go have imaginations about Christ, okay? Just dream on Jesus sometime. Just think about some of those things. Get lost in some glory and just be like, wow, where was I at? I wasn't sitting here. At least my fantasies come true. I mean, glory to God. Glory, glory. So um, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. Go about your day. When you planted it, believe in it. Don't go check it. Go get busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another. What? Why? I thought I wouldn't got busy because I wasn't going to worry about it. No, 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 no. Profit. Anybody like profit? Anybody else work for profit? Because that's what I have. I mean, any, anybody, anybody in here a giver? Because if you're a giver, you better have had some profit. Because other than that, you're going under. Okay? We're givers. We're for profit. Anyway. Now, see, I say that. I'm a businessman preaching in a church. So, I mean, you know, it's not the pastor. They're nonprofit organizations. But anyway, Sorry. I will take what I can get at this point, you know what I mean? So anyway, uh, for, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Glory to God. Now, okay, thinking of seed, thinking of seed, just thinking, man, I'll, I'll get to where I'm supposed to go. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Um, but there's a parable of the sower in that. That seed went out. Now, what, what, was the seed good? The seed was the word of God. And this fell on dry and parched ground. And the enemy came, ravens, birds, and ate it. Was the seed good? Hmm. Has this fell on dry and parched Soil before. Paul said in one, one or, no, no, I don't know. I got Paul and Jesus. I got them both confused here. One of them says that the, the spirit was present to heal and nobody was healed. Was G, okay, let's just take Jesus at his own hometown. He's speaking to them. He released words of life and wisdom and we know what kind of uh, signs and wonders followed him where he was at in other places. But in his own hometown, he could do no mighty miracles save he heal a few sick people. Well, so d- did he throw out bad seed? 
Or did he find hard soil? Hard soil. See, it's always about us. It's always about our soil preparation. Um, so we're God's prophet on the earth. You know, all he's after is souls. He doesn't really want your money. He doesn't need the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need all the gold and the silver. He desires you. The precious treasure, the precious fruit of the earth is you. It's me. That's the worth of it all. And he's for profit. He wants everyone that he can get. He, he is a jealous God. He's trying to pull in as much as possible. I'm not, I may get to it. We'll find out. Glory to God. Okay, here's another. Um, I'm going to do one more Ed Cole uh, quote here. This, it says, um, and so just so you know, you know, the men's group's doing pretty good. It's, you know, finding out, it's changing some men, things like this. And this is another one from our men's group. So here it is. Everything God does, I mean, it's his statement, so I can rely hard on that everything. But uh, anyway, everything God does is, a, is according to a pattern and based on a principle. When we learn his patterns and his principles and base our faith, okay, when we learn his patterns and base our faith on his principles, our lives become productive, maximized, and successful. But... If we live by personality, theory, circumstance, I knew somebody that one time. Um, our lives will be haphazard, confusing, and driven by every wind of change. One of the main goals for every true Christian is to discover God's pattern and principles through diligent study and application of his word. That was his quote. And so, we're, see, we're God's change agents here. You know what I mean that? You should write that down. Just write, I'm a change agent. That's what you're doing. Because anybody want to stay where you are? Can your life get better? Can the lives of people around you get better? Can you affect somebody around you? Okay then you're a change agent. You're looking for somewhere to go to happen. The thing is, we know this. This is the thing. You'll find out how many people have their eyes on the Lord or on the world and circumstances because you listen to them and you find out if they have problems or answers. You know who I like to be around? People with answers. Because you got enough problems of your own. <laughs> right? I'm not just me. I, I got enough problems of my own. But I also have the answer. So here's, here's a quote by Miles Monroe. He actually said this. <coughs> Excuse me. When you understand human need, then you are in control of the relationship. So, number one need of mankind, salvation. 
So you have an answer. Wherever you go, they're distraught. They don't have money. They don't have, they don't have food. They don't have clothing. They don't have, well, they need to understand what a diligent worker looks like. But I can't do anything. Then you're going to discredit what God gave you because he didn't put you in a trial or a temptation that you're not able to overcome. Because of your willful disobedience and you're reaping the consequences of it, I'm supposed to raise you out? So the father in the prodigal son was supposed to go to the pig pen and dig him out? Or was he supposed to come to his right mind? Some people need to come to their right mind. Hey, I'm going to give you a free-for-all, ready? You're not the Savior. You just know him. Don't be the Savior. Release yourself right now. You are not Jesus Christ. You know Jesus Christ. You know who makes the answer for your life? You do. You know who makes the answer for their life? They do. Release yourself. If they're going to walk into the prodigal, the father hurt. He cried. He did not want to see his son destroy his inheritance, destroy his life, sell himself out, trample around, throw away everything that he had. He did not desire that, but he let it happen. Are we mature enough to let somebody stand in their pigsty? If you want to bail out, talk to Obama, uh, Clinton. Go find yourself if you want to bail out. I know how Paul got out of prison. He found God. I know how Jonah got out of a whale. He repented and found God. I know how Jesus got to the other side of his storms. He found God. I can tell you every circumstance, every problem, everything that shows up in my life, and if I don't have God, I don't have the victory. And if they won't turn to God, no victory. They're under a harsh, devious taskmaster. Satan, he will employ everything. He will kill. He'll steal. He'll destroy. He'll rip them apart. He'll tear out their souls. He'll rip apart their bodies. And he don't care. And if they want to ignore the living creator that loves them so much, nobody goes to hell without crawling over the bloody body of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that. So when you understand human need, sorry, i got to get back to this. When you understand human need, then you're in control of the relationship. I don't care your occupation. If you become proficient in it, professional, proficient, meaning that you have, uh, let's walk through this real fast. I've, I do this many times. Knowledge is Information. Right? To be honest with you, I am only an informed political person. I'm just telling the truth, who I've been my whole life. Another thing that uh, I'm just really informed on, uh, Revelation, Rapture, I've been, I got saved at like five years old, okay? I mean, this is like 40 some years, and that's fine. My, I'm sitting at a place of information. Information is great. Knowledge is great. 
Taken by itself, it can puff you up because you think you know something. The reality is, knowledge must move to understanding. This is comprehension, not information, but comprehension. I now know, I don't just know that banks have money. I know that they do loans. I know that I can have a checking account. I know that I can have a savings account. I know. Bankers deal with money. <laughs> I get in my car and go vroom. Clank, 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 boom. Uh, you know, that sounds like the uh, front end is going out. Ah, I'm on the side of the road. It's broke. I know how to drive my car. I don't understand how it works. Anybody getting this? Okay. Knowledge, information, understanding, comprehension. Wisdom application. I talked with my banker the other day. We applied for a loan, walked through some things, got a grant, did this, did that, oh, and we are now proceeding with this. I pulled off on the side of the car, realized that the front ball joint had went out, and ordered a new part after calling a friend to tow me home. You know, it creates a solution. Now, I, you want to ask me about end times? Oh, I know something. You want to talk to me about end times? Oh, Jesus. I may have some understanding. I'm not even thinking about that place, okay? <laughs> Can I be truthful with you? Okay. Where are you at? Salvation? Salvation? Your salvation. Healing. Healing. Your healing. Finances, finances, finances. You move to, a, oh, I thought it started a workout. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just check it. You move to a place of ministry. You mature, you grow up. Okay. I got five minutes to close and I haven't begun my opening. So praise the Lord. Um, write something down, would you? Said I can feel like I did something there today. Okay. There's some stages of family life. These stages of family life are great. They're wonderful. I want you to take them, think about them. Think about them in the thought of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, or I'm going to give you information. You're going to have to go get 
comprehension, and we're not even going to touch application. Family stages. Everybody's been in it. We're all going through it. So families have to start this way. All families start with a thing. When a child is born, Joy, I know it's not there yet. She did have a baby. That was not just like a thing. No, I'm just telling. But, and and if, as I look out across here, I mean, I almost see a little Zoe back there. How old are you, Zoe? Four. Ooh, you almost graduated. Jeremiah, though, how old are you, bud? Ooh, you're not in this phase right now. Just give me a thumbs up because it's golden. Um, so zero to five, zero to five family stage. Discipline. Discipline. What is it? It's don't put that in your mouth. Don't pull the cat's ear. Don't get in that cabinet. No, 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 you're not. It's little, little flicks and smacks and no, and, and discipline, discipline. It's the only thing you're like, I love you so much. No, knock that off. You're not going to do that right now. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to take a nap right now. No, 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 you're not. Don't, don't go to, you're not going to bed right now. You're going to stay up another half an hour, another half an hour of <laughs> half an hour because I'm going to bed tonight with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's a, am I right? Okay, I'm just checking. Discipline is year zero through five. This will set some of you free. Uh, Zoe, sorry, girl. Is that what you hear all the time is no, 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 no? <laughs> don't put that in your mouth. Don't eat those bugs. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't. Anyway, discipline. Training years, though, are years 5 through 12. Training years are, hey, this is, this is how we speak to somebody. This is how we develop our manners. This is, this is how you're actually supposed to pet the kitty. You know what I mean? This is, this is, that don't, don't go, don't go walking around inside the stockyard without your boots on. You know what I mean? This is, this is the training years. So, so what you do is you're constantly training. Is there discipline? Of course there's some discipline. But now you're saying, you know why mommy and daddy go to church? Because we love the Lord Jesus. Why we speak the way we speak is because, and we start to train and educate them. This is from 5 to 12. 5 to 12 is training and teaching. and tra Every teaching opportunity between the age of 5 and 12 has to be taken. Take the opportunity. If you're not doing it, you're not passing the assessment punch list that the Lord's given you as a parent. Um, so 5 to 12 is the teaching and training years. And so we find that we're doing all these. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to stay down here. Um, so those are the years where you start to create information in the child. You will inform them in, inside formation. You're creating the information of that child. After 12, 13 through 18, 12 through 18... They start to stand in understanding. You are now third stage coaching. You're the coach who makes a call in the field. Hey, boy, gave you the ball. Make a call. You know what? Hey, 
Did you see that somebody wasn't, you know, pulling on that pass play or whatever? Did they set the pick right? Did make the call. Make the call. You're giving them room. Hey, if I have to and you screw it up bad enough, you're going to come ride the pine with me. You're going to get called out. Coach is going to call you out and talk to you for a moment. But you know what my goal is? To correct you, to get you back in the game. Because the coach don't play the game. Players play the game. So as a parent, from 12 to 18, they need to be in the game. And if they're making a mistake, you can have a little huddle. Time out. Come on, just bring it on over here. You know those movies that they're going to watch over there. You know what those things are, right? Yeah, you, you talked about this last time. You remember that last game we were in? When, when, you know, they showed you something on that Snapchat that you weren't supposed to? You know, I'm just talking to you right here. Now I'm going to let you go out there and make that decision. But, okay, you guys got this? Believing in the future, we're going to win this thing. Ready? Right. Okay. And, they, and then like, I understand. I don't just know it. It's not just a rule. It's an understanding. It's been informed in me to a place I comprehend. Fourth stage, and I'm one minute past. Fourth stage, friendship. Look at the Bible. Find the friends of God. Where the deep things just talk back and forth where he doesn't hide things from him. You know what I'm going to do to his cousin Lot? I cannot withhold this from Abraham. He wants to come and talk to you. The stage of your family, you want to get it to a place of friendship. You want relationship. You want it operating not just with information of rules, not just with an understanding, but with the proven application of what a true relationship should look like. Punch list your life. Move into the fullness that Christ has for you. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it came forth. Lord, I believe that it's been sown in their hearts. We know that the enemy is coming and he wants to snatch it out. We know that there is sun that is going to rise up and try and scorch this earth. Lord God, we know that, these, that there are trials and tribulations, cares of this world that will come up and try to strangle out this word that was received today. But Lord God, we, we are going to be diligent. We are going to remind ourselves. We are going to apply your word into the deep soils, the good soil of our heart, and we will see a 30, 60, and 100 fold. Our families will see the abundant life that you have for us. Our relationships will see the abundant life that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, that we will move from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.